0: The Word of the Lord is powerful and life-changing, so let's see our lives transformed as we listen to today's message.
1: Such a sweet spirit in worship today, uh, and I'm—I kind of what I'm talking about is going along the same, same line. Um, so, uh, I'll, uh, I'll go ahead and, and read the scripture. I'm going to just be reading the first part of Proverbs 24, verse 16. And it says, For a righteous man may fall seven times and rise again. Father, I just thank you for your word. Just thank you for your presence in this place. God, we thank you, God, that you, your hand is upon us and that we can trust in you. And we give you the honor and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. So the title for my talk today is Falling Down, and um, what I'm actually going to be talking about is the importance of not quitting and, uh, and not giving up. Uh, Jesus told us that we would have troubles in this life. He told us that we would have uh, tribulation in this life, and so there are going to be moments that all of us face and all of us go through. But as I look around at even times in my own life and look around at... At, uh, at people um, in the church, it seems like a lot of people have developed this bad habit of just falling down and quitting every time there's any kind of obstacle, every time anything difficult happens or they just have a good excuse, they're ready to just fall down uh, and, and quit. Yes, we're going to get knocked down in life from time to time. It's going to happen. The enemy is very real and and we make a lot of bad decisions in this life that bring that about too, if we're being honest about it. But when that happens, just like the scripture said, we get back up again and we keep on going. We keep going after God. See, that doesn't mean just because getting knocked down is a possibility or actually is going to happen from time to time that we should just start falling down and quitting every time things uh, look difficult. And the two best examples that I know uh, to describe this, um, what I'm actually trying to talk about here, is probably uh, it's two sports examples. And uh, the first one is uh, the volleyball team that my dad and I coach, or all the teams that we've coached over the years, actually. And the second one's my son, so I'm glad he's here today so I can pick on him. But when it comes to girls' volleyball, there's a lot of girls that develop this bad habit of falling down. They fall down all over the court. And uh, unfortunately, uh, there's a lot of bad coaching out there that tells them, good try, good hustle. And uh, really, it's not a good try and it's not a good hustle. It's a very bad play. And if they don't watch out, they're going to hurt somebody because they're falling down all over the floor or hurt themselves. And so uh, sometimes me and dad hurt girls' feelings because we'll tell them straight out, I will never tell you good try or good hustle when you fell down because you did something you weren't supposed to do. Now, if it's really a good try or good hustle, I'll tell you. But if not, you're not going to hear those words come from me. And some girls don't like it because they've been told for years, good try, good hustle, way to go. I'm not going to say way to go if the way you're going is wrong. Okay? So in volleyball, I'm going to have to demonstrate this a little bit. In volleyball, when you're trying to pass a ball, we have our very first meeting with the girls, going over the fundamentals every year, every camp, anything we do. We'll ask them a question. We say, what do you pass a volleyball with? And they'll all say their arms or their hands or something. And we'll say, no, you pass a volleyball with your feet. If you don't put your feet in the right position and you don't move your feet, you're never going to be able to pass a volleyball. They look at us like we're crazy. And then we demonstrate. So in volleyball, the proper position to pass a ball is you're supposed to be down and ready. Your heels are a little off the ground. And wherever the ball goes, you move your feet. And usually it's two quick steps or three quick steps, no matter what it is, whether I'm going forward or I'm going backward or I'm going to the side. Well, they don't like to do that. What they like to do is get in one spot and spread their legs real wide and do this. Or if they're going to get low, they'll, they, they'll, they'll, they'll go even further apart. And when a ball comes, they do this. They never want to move their feet. And, you know, we're like that, too, when it comes to we're set in our ways and what we believe and what we're comfortable with. And we don't ever want to move. We don't want God to move us. We don't want to change. We just. And so what happens is we tell them, move their feet. We tell them, stop falling down. We scream it at them. We do everything we can And so we've developed a couple other ways of trying to get their attention. And I'll tell them, I'll say, you're leaning. Stop leaning because if you lean, you're beat. So what happens when a person leans in volleyball is if I'm here and I lean instead of actually getting down, unless the ball comes right to me, I got two options. My first option is now to stand back up and actually do it the right way. Or my other option, if I lean and the ball doesn't come right to me, all I can do is fall down. To try to get it, which is why most of these girls develop the habit of falling down. And coaches keep telling them, good try, good hustle. But it's not. It's a bad habit of being in the wrong position. And because you're in the wrong position, you have no choice but to fall down and develop this habit. And so we see this in the Bible because Proverbs 3, 5 tells us. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. A lot of times people develop this bad habit of falling down and quitting every time something rough comes against us because we're leaning on our own understanding. And if you lean, you're beat. You have to stay steadfast and trust in what the Bible says, no matter what circumstances around you are saying, no matter what people around you are saying, no matter what your past is saying, and stop leaning on your own understanding or you're never going to be able to stand firm the way that that we should. And so we try, maybe I need to read this scripture to the girls, and it'll help a little bit with it. But but it's, it, it's it's a constant problem of not being in the right position. And because you're not in the right position, you begin to to lean and, and to fall. The second one is my son, Stephen. Now, Stephen is a, an amazing athlete. He's a very gifted athlete. He's, he plays volleyball now, but he used to play basketball. And um, I still don't know if he's ever beat me, though, but... Maybe once or twice. <laughs> no, nah, he beat me. But with basketball, he developed this bad habit around middle school. Talmadge might remember because he was coaching the high school team, I think, then when Stephen was playing middle school. Every time the boy drove in the lane, he was going to end up on the ground. It don't matter if he was playing against six-year-old girls. He was going to fall on the ground when he went to go try and shoot a layup. Every time and begged a referee for a foul. You've probably seen other players do this. But down he goes, down he goes, down he goes. And I got sick of it. So I talked to him after a game, pretty sternly, and I said, hey, you gotta quit falling down. I'm not falling down, Dad, they're knocking me down. I said, nobody's knocking you down, you're just falling down every time you go in there. Even if he made the shot, he's gonna fall down and ask the ref for an and one play. He fouled me, ref. And uh, he said, Dad, they're knocking me down. They're hitting my arms. I said, that's called basketball, son. If you don't want to get hit on the arm, you better not play. In basketball, you get fouled. You get slapped. You get pushed. It's a physical game. You've got to be physical back. Stop falling down. I can't help it, Dad. They're knocking me down. I said, yes, you can because nobody's knocking you down, son. You've developed a bad habit of falling down, and you're never going to be able to be good at this game if you don't drop this habit. And I said, here's what I want you to do. And then this is when I started acting like my mom and gritting my teeth a little bit. I said, why don't we do this the next game? I said, the next time somebody runs into you, why don't you make sure they fall down instead of you? Well, I can't do that. Oh, yes, you can do that. I wasn't telling him to hurt any kids. But the point got across and he stopped falling down all the time. Now, he still got knocked down because there's some big guys that play basketball and he's not a very big guy. Especially back then, he wasn't very big. And so it still was going to happen, but it's the same way with us. Some people, as soon as you ask them how they're doing, all they can do is tell you how many times the enemy's knocked them down that week. The enemy's going to come against us. This is a rough game called life that we're all in. And he's going to come against us. He's going to attack us. He's going to try and, 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 and do anything he can to stop us. The enemy is going to be the enemy, but when are we going to be who we've been called to be? When are we going to be the sons and daughters of God and walk in the authority that, that, that we have? You know, what if we decided today, just this small group of us here, what if we decided the next time the enemy comes against me or decides to run into me, he's going to be the one that goes down. I'm no longer falling down. I'm no longer giving up. I'm no longer quitting. He's going to be him, but I'm going to be me. And greater is he is in me than he's in who is in the world. I'm, I'm more than a conqueror. I'm all these things. Yeah, we get knocked down from time to time, but we need to to break the habit of falling down. If Jesus has given us the victory, then we might ought to consider living a victorious life. If he set us free, then we might ought to consider not always being weighed down in, in bondage. It's just a thought. I don't know, it kind of makes sense when you think about it, but don't quit. Get up, be determined to be what God has called you to be. Be determined to do what God has called you to do. And so now, after probably the longest introduction to any sermon I've ever done, I want to give you a couple of quotes. Charles Spurgeon said, by perseverance, the snail reached the ark. Nelson Mandela said, it always seems impossible until it is done. Thomas Edison said, I have not failed. I just found 10,000 ways that won't work. Albert Einstein said, failure is success and progress. And C.S. Lewis said, you are never too old to set a new goal or to dream a new dream. So it doesn't matter who you are or where you're at in this, in this life, God's not finished with you. If you're here and you're breathing, then you can't quit. You have to keep going. Stop falling down. And the truth is everyone in here has quit before. We've all done it. We've all had thoughts of quitting many times over and over. Some of us, probably just this past week, we've thought about it. It happens to everyone. Just look at Elijah. He just had probably the greatest personal uh, uh, victory that anyone had ever had. It calls down fire from heaven, defeats the prophets of Baal, kills all of them, all this other stuff, and then he's ready to quit. But see, he didn't stay there. We need to get at, we've all been there, but we don't need to stay there. We need to move past it. The Apostle Paul talked about running the race. He talked about fighting the good fight. He talked about uh, finishing strong, finishing the course, all these things. Whether we like it or not, we are all in this game called life. He didn't say anything about quitting. And actually, a few months ago, I came up with a saying joking around with Jonathan. And so I've been I've been using it with the volleyball team and everything. If you're going to play the game, you might as well win. And uh It was a joke, but it kind of makes sense. There's so many people that they're they're getting up every day, they're doing everything, going through the motions, yet when you talk to them, they're so defeated. If you're gonna go through the motions, you might as well you might as well win. I want every person in here to be a winner. I don't want anyone in here to be a quitter. We should all just keep going. Now there are some things that you should quit. We should probably quit toxic relationships, we should quit bad habits. We should quit bad belief systems. But it's weird. Why do we find it so easy to quit those things that we should keep doing or that we shouldn't stop? And then it's so difficult and hard to quit those things that we know we should have gotten rid of a long time ago. But we all face it. And so there's a powerful verse about not quitting found in Galatians 6, 9. In Galatians 6, 9, it says this, And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. So I just want to point out a couple of things or a few things here for, uh, to you from this verse. Number one is there's something good for us to do. We've already talked about doing good before, but it says, And let us not grow weary while doing good. That means that right now, no matter what your situation is, no matter how bad it may be, no matter how bad the story is that you could tell, there's something good you can be doing. There are good seeds that we can be sowing. There, uh, there's just good that we can do. What are we sowing? Not what are you going through, not how bad is it. What are you sowing right now in this moment in your life? Another way that you could look at doing good or sowing good seeds could be making good investments. Are you making good investments? Are, you, are we making good investments in ourselves? Are we making good investments in our family, uh, in, in other people? Are we doing good? The second thing that it says is not to grow weary while doing good and not to lose heart. So because it says grow weary, that tells us that this is a process. So you don't just wake up one day and say, wow, man, I feel weary. I guess I'll just quit. I guess I'm just going to fall down and give up today. I, didn't, I thought I was going to wake up in a good mood, but apparently I'm weary. It doesn't happen that way. It's a process. You, it's, a, it's a process of growing into that, that state. And uh, you may have already heard me say, maybe a couple of times, but I'm going to continue to say uh, these few sayings as long as I preach, but uh, that we're all going to worship something. It's up to us what that will be. Because some people, I just, I just don't get into worship. I don't, I don't like, well, you're going to worship something. We're all going to prophesy something. We're all speaking. So it's up to us whether we're going to speak life or we're going to speak death. And with our thoughts and our words and our actions, we're all going to partner with someone. It's our choice if we're going to partner with God and what the Father is doing or if we're going to partner with the enemy. And so I want to add another one today, and that is we're all growing into something. It's up to us what that is. Are we growing into mature sons and daughters in our relationship with Christ, or are we growing weary? It's probably one or the other. And probably every person in here has had that moment in time where you were growing growing weary. I know I have. So we just talked about doing good and sowing good seed, making good investments. And so let me, let me say this to you. There are a lot of people, sometimes we want things to be so complicated. And they're, 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 so, they're so simple that um, it shouldn't be complicated, but we are, we're good at making it that way. See, uh, this whole thing of growing weary, it's not always about being a bad person, doing bad things. A lot of people grow weary by focusing on the results of their seed instead of just on doing the good investments and making the right investments in their lives. And I'm talking about sowing spiritually. See, think about it. Everyone wants to harvest, but no one wants to plant. Even preachers, most preachers, all they want to talk about is the harvest. And few of them want to talk about the importance of being faithful in the planning and in the process. And when we focus on harvesting rather than on planting and watering, you will grow weary. That's not, you should expect a harvest. I'm expecting a harvest. Everyone in here should be expecting a harvest, but our focus should be on doing the good and let God handle that. Whatever that looks like, whatever that sounds like is is up to Him. But see, doing good is always right, and it's always worthwhile whether we see the results or not. Maybe maybe my kids or grandkids or great grandkids are gonna see the fruit of all the, the sowing and the the planting and the watering that I've done. I'm okay with that. Most of you would be too. But we get so wrapped up in the results and we've all done it. If you look at some of the preachers out there, they can have a huge ministry. I mean, from everything we can see, very, very successful. And what will happen is they grow weary. And they'll do some stuff that you're like, man, how could someone that anointed, that smart, that educated, how could they be so dumb? Have you ever thought that about any of them that you, you know, you really, maybe you liked them and then they let you down somehow? What's because they they grew weary? Well, how could they grow weary? They have all this stuff going on. They're they're one of the biggest churches in the world and they've got uh, this many campuses and this many on staff and this, they got this, they got that. It doesn't matter if all you focus on are the results, whether the results are good or not good. The ministry is never going to be good enough and the church is never going to be big enough. You're just going to grow weary because you're growing weary while doing good. You're, you're, you may be doing something good, but your focus is just on the results. We need to stay focused on Jesus. We need to stay focused on doing the works that he has for us to do. Don't grow weary by focusing on the results. Stay strong in the faith knowing that he is faithful. And so the reason that we can stand strong in the faith brings us to number three. There is a due season coming. Like I said, we expect a harvest. It's just our focus shouldn't be on the heart Just on a harvest, it should be on doing the planting and being faithful. Galatians 6, 9 again, it says, And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. It says, just like farming, there are due seasons in the preparing of the land, in the planting, in the watering, in the harvesting cycles. There's a due season for all of it. Our due season is coming. Your due season is coming. Don't grow weary. Keep doing good because it's coming. He's faithful. You can trust Him. Stay in faith. Keep planting. Keep watering. The harvest will come. So even in in bad times on... And the worst of circumstances, the most horrible circumstances you could think of, we can still sow good seed and expect that God is faithful because Galatians 6, 7 tells us. tells us that whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. See, it's not always what are the results, what are you sowing right now? If we'll just continue to attach our faith to the seed planting and the watering of our prayers, of our of our habits and of our, of our love, then there is a due season promised to each and every one of us. And we shall reap it because God keeps his promises. He never, he never goes back on one. So this isn't my closing prayer, but I want you to close your eyes just a moment. We'll get to that part in a minute, but I want you just for a moment, take a minute and just think about all that you have sown. Now, if you've been sowing a lot of bad stuff, we'll repent about that in a minute. But hope, think about the good stuff that you've been sowing in your life and just begin to release your faith over those seeds. Not, not, forget about the results for a moment. Forget about what you've seen or what you haven't seen from what's been going on and, and forget about the circumstances for a moment, but just release your faith over those seeds. Just start giving thanks for the seeds that have been sown, knowing that in due season... You shall reap. He has a season for you. Every person in here. And then I want you to think about one more thing. A lot of people, they get this desire to quit. Have you ever not just thought about quitting, but you had a desire to quit? You wanted to quit, you were ready to quit. It seemed like the strongest emotion maybe you were having in your mind was I want to quit, I'm done. I'm finished. Most of the time, this, becomes, this comes from believing the lie of the enemy that it's not working. I just want to break that off of every person in here today. That is a lie from the enemy. The seed of God's word always works. In every situation, in every city, in every family, in every circumstance, it works. It is working. Keep your mind on the, on the seed. Keep your mind on making those good investments. You can trust him. You can open your eyes now. And we're going to pray about some of that same stuff in just, just a minute. But I wanted to tell you a little bit of a personal story on me when it comes to growing weary. <clears throat> I, uh, I hadn't even thought of any of this when I was putting this message together um, until Heather laid something on the desk that she'd found in a... Where did you find that paper? The goal paper? So I'd hid it somewhere in our taxes. That was a weird place for me to hide it, but it was hidden in our taxes or something. And it, it, was, it was some goals that we had written out in 2016. And uh, the funny thing about these goals is... So I had... Uh, Goals personal goals for Aaron or Aaron's personal goals, Aaron's family goals. And then the last one said uh Aaron's uh goals for Aaron's church. And what's weird about it is that I didn't put the name of the church. So I'm believing these goals are still for today. And if somebody gets mad and runs me out of here in a few months, I'll believe these goals are for the next place I wind up. <laughs> but but I don't it, it can't just be a coincidence that I wouldn't put the name of a church that I came up with a name for but I didn't and uh, but before I read the goals to you I want to tell you this so we we started uh, we started a church in 2011 had no clue what we were doing but we thought we had it all figured out maybe you've been there in your life and uh, I think most preachers are that way actually so when you do this you're you're already saying oh you know what when we get started in six months we'll be at this place and then 12 months we'll be here within a year and a half we'll be doing this. you've got all you've got this whole thing figured out and now maybe some people were a lot smarter than me and it goes even better than they had planned and we know there are those success stories but I think most people have happened to them what happened to me you found out you were wrong and you found out real fast your timeline didn't make sense it didn't add up but uh I'm a pretty happy person. Like Jonathan said last week, my face does not always show it, but I'm like, I'm really content and happy like all the time. Uh, it takes a lot to bother me, unless it's a sport. If there's if it's a game involved, that's different. <laughs> but, but everything else doesn't really bother me. And uh, I can't remember, it seemed like we had had the church going about maybe two years, two and a half years, maybe something like that. And, uh, I just started going through this season, well, really short season, thank thank the Lord, but where uh, I didn't know what was wrong with me, and I didn't want to do anything. I'm just sitting in the chair at the house, and I think one of the things that helped me not be in this season for very long is uh, because Heather and I have such good communication, and um, I'm sitting on the chair, and Heather says, is something wrong? I said, yeah, something's not right. She says, uh, she's asked me what's wrong. And I said, I'm just not happy. And I don't know what to do about it. There's no reason. Nothing's happened. I'm not upset about anything. Nothing's gone wrong. Nothing's bad. Everything's the same. But I just have this weird feeling that something's not right in me. And uh, I was like, it's kind of, it's worrying me. So, of course, that worried Heather. So that, put, that was really rough on, rougher on her probably than me. This lasted for three weeks. The shortest time for my, uh, for a lot of people, probably a very long time for Heather, of three weeks of me just not being me. It was just weird. And uh, during this three weeks, I, I I just tried to get more focused, and I I rewrote our vision statement and our mission statement for the church, and I and I you know implemented some things in, in my life, trying to you know get things straightened out, trying to fix the problem. I wasn't sure what the problem was, couldn't figure any of that out, and. Uh, it was just kind of like, maybe I was just being oppressed by something. I don't know, because in about three weeks, it just kind of lifted. And uh, Heather was glad for that. And I got this call to go do a termite inspection when I was, as I was doing pest control. And I get to the to this house, and it's a it's a pastor friend of mine that was buying an investment property. I don't know if he was going to flip it or rent it or something. And he's a Oh, man, hey, it's so good to see you. He said, I need to tell you about this conference I just went to. He said, it was awesome, man. It was amazing. I said, well, what was the conference on? He said, it was on uh, Pastor Burnout. I said, oh, okay. He said, uh, he said, yeah, they taught us all kind of stuff. And he said, but some, one of the things that was really interesting, they were talking about the positives of Pastor Burnout. That it's such a bad thing, but that a lot of time when a person's getting ready to experience burnout, some of the first things they do is they revamp their mission statement and their vision statement for their church, and they reorganize a lot of things in their lives. And I said, really, how much time do you have? I'd like to hear everything they told you at this conference. And uh, I think I was there with them almost two hours. And uh, what, I, what I found out by the grace of God, is that I was in the first stages of burnout. I didn't have any reason. Nothing was wrong. Nothing was bad. There was no sin. There was no conflict. There was nobody mad at me. Uh, Nothing was going on. But what happened was when I started the ministry, we thought in six months we'd be here. In 12 months we'd be here. In a year and a half we'd be here. And when that didn't happen, the excitement of planning the church was replaced with focusing on the results of ministry. I wasn't doing anything wrong, but my focus was on, why isn't this happening? Why isn't that happening? Maybe we should try this. But when we tried this, not because it was something good to do, but because I wanted to get that result. And because I was focused only on the results of ministry instead of the good work of ministry, I began to grow weary. Was I still doing good? Was I still preaching truth? Was I still trying to help people? Yes, I was doing good, but I was growing weary along the way. And see, I was, the, I was beginning the first stages of falling down and quitting and saying, I'm not done. I'm saying I'm done. Actually, not long after that, uh, Heather and I went to dinner with Brother Gore and his wife. And uh, he said, what's well, new? I said, I think I'm done think i think i'm gonna i think we're gonna quit and uh, if you you just if you ever go to brother gore when you're really like upset about something like that you you would know what i'm talking about with his responses it was kind of like he just wanted me to pass the butter for the 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 bread at the table or something (laughs) yeah it's just like so easy going about it and uh he didn't tell me not to he told us maybe we should remember he said, y'all have done a good work. You've been there a couple years. You just you know, all this stuff. And, and, uh, and, but he encouraged me that maybe, maybe, maybe you should just go a little longer and see how it goes. Yeah. And then it was like seven years, seven more years <laughs> after that. But I mean, you know, he, but you know, he was being very wise with the way he counseled me that day, but it was all about growing weary while doing good. It was exactly that we were, I was developing the habit of of getting ready to fall down and just quit because my whole focus was on results instead of just doing the good that God had called me to do and expecting a harvest in His time, in His season, my due season He has set for me and that He has set for you and trusting Him at that. So I want to read you these four goals. I know there's only four. I should have written more goals than that, but hey. This was not written during the time of burnout either. This was like 2016. The 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 time where I, I didn't know what was going on was probably more like 2014. So and I've got this I got uh, for the church, spiritual breakthrough, spiritual children operating in the gifts of the spirit, financial freedom, and the church to find our identity and to run with it. And I'm still believing for each one of these to come to pass and uh I'm not focused on it because I'm going to focus on the good that God has called me to do and called us to do as a church body, knowing that in due season, it's going to ta- He's going to take care of that. And so whatever that is in your life, whatever, uh, I'm not a goal type person to talk to anybody and give advice on that, but whatever it is that God is pushing you toward, keep doing the good He's called you to do. Don't get so focused on the end results that, it, that you cause yourself to grow weary. Don't fall down. Don't quit. Don't lean on your own understanding. Put yourself in the position of being a son and a daughter of God. Put yourself in the position of being a worshiper. Put yourself in the position of being faithful in the planning and the watering and what he's called you to do. And he will take care of everything else. You will experience that season of reaping. It's going to happen because he's faithful. All right, if you bow your heads, we'll just go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we just thank you for your presence in this place today, God. Thank you that we can come here and gather together as a family of worshipers and lift up the name of Jesus. God, we pray for every person that's in need. We pray a special prayer of healing over Sister Kathy today, Lord. We pray for Heather's parents. We pray for our grandparents as they're traveling, Lord. We pray for the whole situation in Raleigh, God, those who have lost loved ones, neighborhood that has just been shaken, God. And we even pray, uh, we, just, we just pray that you would bring peace to it and comfort and healing, God. Lord, we pray for the violence to stop in this country and around the world, God. And We just, we just want to see peace everywhere, God. We want to see people uh, loving one another in the love of Christ. Lord, help it to start with us, God, that we would love one another, Lord. Lord, I pray for every person here. Lord, you have amazing things for them to do. You have good works for us to do. I pray that whatever situation we're in, God, help us to see the good that could be planted. Help us to see the investment that could be made, God, because whatever we sow, we're going to reap, God. So even if it's a horrible situation, help us to trust in you to keep doing the good you put before us. God, I pray for every person in here, Lord, that anyone that's growing weary, anyone that's developed the habit of falling down, that we just break that today. We break every lie of the enemy telling us that it's not working, that we won't make it, that we're not good enough, we're not smart enough, or whatever other lie he comes up with, Lord, because we know that everything we do is through Christ. And through Christ, nothing is impossible, God. Lord, I pray that every person in here will begin to dream again. Lord, that we'll set goals like never before, God, and that, Lord, we'll just focus on you as you just continue to take care of each and every one. Lord, we thank you for the abundant harvest that awaits every person in here, God, and we thank you that you partner with us and that you let us be a part of your kingdom and your family and your work, God, and we're so honored and we're so thankful and we give you all the praise in Jesus' name, amen. We are so happy that you joined us today. If you are interested in
0: learning about or giving to this ministry, you can find more information at SaponaRoadChurch.com. If you are local to the Fayetteville, North Carolina area, our meeting times are 1045 AM Sunday mornings and seven o'clock PM Wednesdays for our connect groups. From all of us here at Sapona Road Church, we hope that you have a great day as you walk in the Lord's favor and blessing.